everybody, welcome to You at the Watches podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're talking about the 2017 film, The Hitman's Bodyguard. But before we get into that, we've got a special announcement. Uh, this Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, we will be part of the virtual Comic-Con right here on Facebook and Twitch. We will be streaming our panel, which will be us revisit. It'll be uh, revisiting Tim Burton's Gotham City. We're going to take a look at 1989's Batman, a film that Devin has not seen since he was five years old. Isn't that awful? It's horrible. Yes. And that's why we're doing this. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I hope it holds up. I really do. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting conversation, I think. Oh um, no, because there are oh no, there are definitely elements of it that do hold up, and some that I'm really uh-huh. interested to see how you you take them in 2021. Um, Good, mostly being Prince. Uh, but that'll be Is Prince in that movie. Watch the movie. Uh, <laughs> So, okay. so this Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern, you can join our panel live here on Twitch and Facebook. Uh, you can also, um, we'll share the link to the event on Facebook to, so you can check out all of the other events and panels that they have going on. Just search for Virtual Comic Con and you'll be able to find it. I'll, I, I'll actually get the link here. Give me a second. Um, one of you guys want to talk about? how you're excited for Sunday? <laughs> I definitely will. I mean, so I have played only the Batman Returns video game recently. Uh, if you follow me on the video game Twitch that we do, or video game streams that I do, I did that recently. So I know the plot of Batman Returns very well uh, to the point where I think it's ridiculous and don't know how it would hold up in movie form because I'm so used to it in video game form, which is the worst way to experience the movie. Um. Ryan, do you think I'm gonna do you think I'm gonna have a good experience watching Batman? Yeah, yeah, we're talking oh, about do? yeah. I mean, we're talking about '89, right? Yes. Like yeah. The, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's gonna be fine. Like you're gonna be okay. I just find it funny that like you're kind of concerned about how well it's gonna hold up since you saw it when you were five. And I'm like, well, if you haven't seen it since you were five. You probably don't really remember ninety percent of it. So you're gonna go into it and go, oh, this is cool. Oh, that's neat. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. But then again, it's you, so who knows? <laughs> well, I was thinking, I don't even know if I know who the villain is in this one. I know that... I know that there's... Okay, we're, the, we're, we're done talking yeah, no. about this. We're, 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 we're done. But I don't remember. We're done. We're done. <laughs> we're done. All right, so if you're watching on Facebook, I just put the link in the chat to the event, so you can go there and find nice. out all the other great panels that are going to be part of the day. Uh, it's actually going a few days. I think it runs Friday through Sunday. So, uh, make sure to check that out. Um, and so today's main topic is going to be Hitman's Bodyguard. But before we get into that, let's talk about some things that we watched. Starting with Devin's, one of, something Devin watched while he was in town, uh, which was a strange pick that he messaged us out of the blue about. Dead Poet Society. Yeah, so... It was weird. So Ramon and I were talking the other week and we decided that we really wanted to get into Robin Williams's like film history. And we kind of compared lists of what we'd seen and what we hadn't seen. And Dead Poet Society came on her list as not having seen. And it was like, I was, that was like number one for me. I'm like, look, if you want to get into serious Robin Williams, you have to watch this movie. And I watched it with her again. She enjoyed it. Um, 
I don't know how well it held up though. Like I remember it being this like great, like like dramatic, amazing movie. And it's just fine, but I think a lot of it's kind of tropey at this point. Like, I don't know how many other, like, ah, teacher, you're too radical for us kind of <laughs> movies I can watch anymore. Because I've seen that, like, ah, you crazy Robin Williams with your dead kids talking. I don't know. I, like, that part of it just seemed to, like, fall flat for me this time. But maybe it's because I watched it four times before. Did you guys see it recently? Do you I, have the same experience? I've never seen it. Ah, okay. Spoiler free, then. I mean, we, we had this conversation last week when you were in my house and spoiled part of it for me. So Yeah, so I'm not going any more on that. But Ryan, have you seen it recently? It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah. But I mean, I I completely agree, though, when it comes to like how tropey it can be now. Because, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not sure if I could watch it now and not kind of have envisions of like, ah, School of Rock. Okay, I got it. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's not spoiling anything because there's no real connections there. It's just, oh, look, uh, you know, somebody who shouldn't be teaching is teaching and they do a better job teaching than any of the teachers in the school. Like, it's yeah. kind of like it's done. I'm, I, I get it. You know, right. It's, it's whatever. We'll, we'll have to do an episode on it at some point. So put that on your list, Devin. Um, oh, it's there. But the only thing I think of when I think of Dead Poor Society is the SNL sketch. Goodbye, Mr. Bunting. Oh, yeah. Um, Good. Have you shown Romana that yet? I haven't yet, no. I really, I'm kind of interested to hear what her reaction to that is. I'm going to have to show her. Uh, So, hold on. Would you guys agree with my assessment that it is a good place to start for dramatic Robin Williams? I would. Like, Like, where would you start? I would start Goodwill Hunting. I've never seen that one. Really? Worth it? What was it? I said I agree. Oh, you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I I would we we'll have to do that. That might be our back to school episode. Do you know what makes me upset about that movie because I'm Devin and have to find something to be upset about? What's that? Isn't Matt Damon's name Will Hunting? Yes. Stop it. That's Why? all I have. I, I hate can, that. I can sell you on the movie a little bit if you want. What is it? Produced by Kevin Smith. Awesome. Okay, sure. You got me. I didn't know that. And it was written. I would def- yeah. No, <laughs> go ahead. No, no, no. You go. No, you go. go, go. And it Yours was, ri- it was written by uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. See, I think I knew that that was the first movie that they were, like, working on. I just didn't know their name. Like, I didn't know the title was, like, that much of a pun or a play on words. Like, I figured, like, someone was hunting for goodwill. Or, like, I don't know. I didn't know that it's just like good, like good will hunting. Like I don't like that. Don't don't do that. Wasn't that whole part of that whole? Wasn't that part of like Project Greenlight? No, because well, I remember hearing about that like at first uh, at some point. Project, and, like Matt Damon and they were involved. Part Project Greenlight came out of their success with it. Like they they were behind Project Greenlight. They produced it. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember hearing about Project Greenlight a little bit after Goodwill Hunting came out. And for some reason, I got it in my head that like Goodwill Hunting was like the first movie of that project for no. some reason. And I was like, oh, it must, must have failed because I haven't heard about a movie since then. Yeah. <laughs> what was Project Greenlight? It was a kind of like a reality show on HBO where uh, they did an indie film and it was like behind the scenes mm-hmm. the whole time. Oh, okay. Yeah, Got it. I think they're bringing it back, but it was like the behind the scenes of making an indie film. 
Oh, that's interesting. So, I think I would really like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, other dramatic uh, Robin Williams roles. I would say Bicentennial Man is a good one. It, that is a good one. Ooh. And, and there's enough humor. Yeah. And there's yeah. enough humor in there um, that because like that was my biggest problem with with any of the non comedy stuff he did for so long. Like mm-hmm. I was just not interested in it because I'm like he's a comedian. I don't want to see him be serious. It's like the whole uh, Curry, not Curry, um, Ace Ventura thing. That actor, I forget Jim, his name. Jim I always Jim, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. There we go. Um, thank you. Um, like that whole thing, but. That was like one of the first movies recently, the past couple of years, that Kristen had me watch to kind of get back into like seeing him as more of a dramatic actor. Because there's oh, yeah. enough humor in it to kind of like weed you over to him being a serious actor. So you wouldn't have me start with like one hour photo or insomnia. No. No, I I can't I I can't do one hour photo. I can't. Oh really? No, I watched it. I'm never watching that movie again. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, I haven't seen the episode in a long time, but I remember he was good on Law and Order SVU. I wanted to bring what? that up. Yes, thank what? you. I would definitely yeah. throw, I would definitely throw that episode, episode into the watch. He's on an episode of that, mm-hmm. but yeah. Okay, moving on from Dead Poet Society to Ryan's pick of things that he yes. watched this past week. Oh wait, no. Yeah, Geostorm. Geostorm. Yeah. Things so, got out Geo- of order there, but yeah, Geostorm. Yeah. Yeah, so Geostorm came out in 2017, and it was a movie that, by the previews, had had always like interest Kristen and I because we like a dumb disaster movie. You know, was, I mean, they're fun to watch. You know, it's yeah. just kind of funny to see what people think of like how these disasters happen and like what they think up and everything. And this one sounded interesting at first, but then we kind of lost interest because for some somehow we got in our head that it was like the same thing as like Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus level stupid. Um, <laughs> it's not. It is not like that. Um, and I'm gonna keep this quasi spoiler spoiler free because it's Geostorm and it's got like a five a five point three on IMDb. So I'm gonna be a little loose with my spoiler freeage here. About halfway through the film. Kristen and I both agreed after we stopped after after the movie ended that this movie was a solid seven from beginning until the mm-hmm. middle of the movie. And then as soon as they're on like the space station, like HQ thing for the whole like weather net satellite ring they built around the Earth, as soon as an alarm blares and it says self-destruction alert activated went down to a five as soon as that happened and it stayed at a five the rest of the movie so like geostorm for about half of it is a good movie Mm -hmm. just happens to be a disaster movie and then as soon as the self-destruct alarm starts blaring on the station it just turns into complete 2012 like level craziness is it like camp or is it like just the bad disaster movie See, you, you you've got camp, and then you have mm-hmm. bad disaster movie, and then and then you have the writers going. We spent a good hour staying away from what every other disaster movie does, and we can't take it anymore. So we're just going to dump a whole bucket of stuff that happens in disaster movies into the last half of the movie. Some Kentucky Fried disaster movie for you, like it, like I mean, like. 
the setup's good and you're constantly mm-hmm. thinking like who's involved in this who's involved yeah. in that is this person good is that person good there's a lot of good actors in it but then as soon as you find out that this like space station satellite hub has a self-destruct mechanism on it and you you you, you even have a character go over to the main actor in this and he says why do we have a self-destruct mode on uh, on the space station? <laughs> and then the main character goes, "Oh, it's in case if it falls to Earth, we can, you know, you know, we can destroy it, so it doesn't do that much damage." And then my mind instantly goes to Independence Day of the line of, "Great, so then you're going to turn one dangerous falling object into many." Funny you should bring up Independence Day. Uh, so Geostorm <laughs> is directed. By Dean Devlin. It was his first major motion picture that he directed, but he is the writer on. He wrote Universal Soldier, Stargate, Independence Day, Godzilla 98, and Independence wow. Day Resurgence. Yeah. What a career. Yeah. Yeah. So, him. I mean, I mean, and the first half of this movie is Independence Day quality. The last half of this movie is if you were to take the 1998 Godzilla and throw him on a space station. <laughs> so just just a little behind the scenes thing. When I looked up the poster for this, uh, you guys can see it there in the, in the, on the screen. Uh, when I when I searched for the poster, there were people were I, I got a lot of the Inception poster. And it's like the Inception poster oh, yeah. where they're all just standing there and like with the t- skyscrapers above them. And then the one where DiCaprio is like being flooded out. And then it was mm-hmm. like this Inception poster plus this in- Inception poster equals yeah. Geostorm. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It does. And I, if you like uh, the... If you're somebody like Kristen and I who likes The Day After Tomorrow, which we can mm-hmm. watch that movie like once a month almost. But you find yourself always telling yourself not to watch 2012. So, so this is a good yeah, movie for you. Pretty much it, yeah. it feels like a Roland Emmerich film, which cuz cuz he's worked with Roland Emmerich a lot. Roland Emmerich I mean, did Independence Day 2012, Day After Tomorrow, yeah, all of those movies. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's just like there's a scene where the little like thrusters on his like uh, astronaut suit pack starts like it gets hacked, so it starts mm-hmm. like throwing him around space, and he's holding onto this like door, and he's just being like you're just like he's dead, he'd be dead, he'd be dead, but because he's slamming <laughs> into like antennas and pipes and all this other stuff, and he's just going ow, ooh, ow, and it's like oh come on, <laughs> please, like <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. Do we do? I want to move on to my pick now. Um, watched a little movie over the weekend called In the Heights. <gasps> How is that? I've heard Tell nothing me. but good things about it. I really enjoyed it. I went into this knowing nothing about the show except for it was written by Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, I knew a little bit of the cast. I didn't know the story. I didn't know the songs except for what I saw in trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I've started listening to the Broadway cast version of the soundtrack, and it's different, but I really enjoyed the film. Uh, at one point, I was I turned to my wife while we were watching this and like, okay, so this is out now. Why do we need a 
West Side Story remake by Steven Spielberg. Like, there's no way that that's going to be able to live up to some of the things that they do in in the Heights. Wow, that's bold. Yeah, there's one there's one dance number that that had that all that that wowed me. Um, they start dance number. I forget the name of the song, but they um, they pretty much dance on the side of a building. And it's really visually stunning. Um, the whole cast is fantastic. Anthony Ramos, who was in Hamilton, plays the lead. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. It, it didn't do great at the box office, but I'm hoping that it finds its audience. Um, but if you like musicals, if you like Hamilton, there's a lot of uh, fun nods in here to the to Hamilton. At one oh. point, Jimmy Smits is is on hold on the phone and the music is um, you'll be back. Like the wait music is you'll be back. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, but Lin-Manuel Miranda shows up. Christopher Jackson, who played George Washington shows up. Uh, it, it's really good. I highly recommend it. So this is going to be weird. Cause I like this movie and no one else in the world did. Is it more like a, like a La La Land kind of thing where like, it kind of shifts itself between realism and like magical realism, depending on what's going on. Uh, it doesn't lean as much into that magical realism, ma- magical stuff as okay. La La Land. It, it, it's just like, it's very character driven. Like you focus a lot on the characters in this and then mm-hmm. there's like, it gets a little bit fantastical when it comes to the dance ups. It feels like a Broadway show, but with, okay. with, with a budget and anamorphic lenses, Ah, uh, perfect. So I yeah. really enjoyed it. Um, there is a post-credit scene. So tying it to Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Uh, no, tying it to Hamilton. No, it's. A, oh, I wish. No, it, there, there is a. There, it's a fun little scene with Lin Manuel Miranda at the end. So. Oh, cool. Uh, I highly yeah. recommend it if you can go see it. I definitely would. Um. So yeah, that's that was my pick. Now let's talk about the thing we all watched for a little bit. Let's not get too into it, but let's talk about some Loki, episode one of Disney Plus Loki, released last Wednesday. Um, and we've all watched it, right? Yep. Okay. So what did you guys think of Loki? I loved it. This is what I wanted. I think this is this is more of what I wanted WandaVision to be. Okay. And it's definitely more of what I wanted Falcon and Winter Soldier to be. This was perfect. How so? It had, I think it had, it seems like it has bigger stakes than WandaVision did. I think that introduces a more interesting mystery to me than WandaVision did. And maybe it's just because I'm like hindsight on WandaVision at this point. Like I know what happens and just like the ending was the ending. But I think I like the stakes and I think I like how it's it feels like it's stepping the MCU up to the next thing in a way that I wish WandaVision had did. Like this feels like it it feeds directly into Multiverse of Madness. It feels like it has implications outside and around and and like will be kind of changing the face of kind of like this feels more like required viewing. WandaVision is like, want to see Wanda and Vision do some neat things? Do the thing. You want to, did you like the new Captain America? That's his origin story. This feels like it's a cool thing that's going to be like connected to everything. Okay. Ryan, what did you think? It's going to take me some viewings to really kind of nail it down. Uh, simply because I'm guessing like my knowledge of Marvel 
prior to the MCU starting being a thing prior to like two days ago when I finally watched it is very basic. Like I have a bit more knowledge about the comic books than maybe like somebody who just likes the movies, but I don't have a lot of knowledge on it. So I'm going to assume this whole like time, these time people in it are like in the comic books. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I got that. That's fine. It's just the premise of it. There's a lot of media that I'm consuming right now that has to do with kind of the same thing. Hmm. And so when I saw what what it was internally, I was like, oh, no, not this again. But that's because I'm just consuming a lot of that same type of like narrative at the Mm -hmm. moment. So give it a couple weeks. I'll probably have a better a a a better frame of mind. Yeah. For it. Now, for the first episode, this was exactly what I wanted the first episode to be. Like, okay, so we have this Loki who isn't the Loki that we've known since 2012. This is a Loki from 2012 who doesn't know anything that's happened up until this point in the MCU. Um, And they did a real... What I wanted them to do is, like, get him caught up to the point where he knows everything that we know. Mm -hmm. And they did a really good job of doing that in the first episode. Um, I think Tom Hiddleston's great. I'm very disappointed Owen Wilson hasn't said, wow, at all. <laughs> um, but I'm excited for this show. Uh, I I think I'm going to watch it first thing in the morning with my breakfast. Because Aww. it's weird that it's out on the Wednesday. Like I, I feel like I'm going to just get the show, like our show stuff out tonight and then tomorrow morning i'm just gonna watch loki so it wednesday is a weird is it because they're not trying to interfere with the bad batch i i would guess so and they and they couldn't do thursday because that's his brother's day ah funny see what you did but yeah i mean it could also be that we're getting to the point where if you're releasing a show weekly and you're streaming does it really matter what day it comes out I mean, that's fair. I mean, when you're looking at it as a consumer, not behind in the boardroom and you've got budgets and you have other shows to work with and all that other stuff, as a consumer, mm-hmm. does it really matter what day it comes out? Well, and the other thing is, like, we're getting into the summer months now, so a lot of broadcast TV is wrapping up their seasons. There's not going to be new TV on Wednesday, whereas before with Disney Plus, they were releasing everything on Fridays and then having the, mm-hmm. like having it fester over the weekends. I think they're just playing with playing with it and seeing if they have success on a different day because Disney sure. plus in the run of things is still pretty new. Uh, it's mm-hmm. only been around for two years now. So going on two years. Well, I didn't realize it was that old to be fair. I still think it's like over a, like only a year old or something like yeah. that. So I think they're just playing with it, and who knows? We might see like Miss Marvel or Hawkeye on Wednesdays or Mondays, or it's interesting. I I think I like that idea a lot, and I think Ryan has a point. Like, it's up to me when I watch this thing. Like, I could save it till Friday and watch it over the weekend. It doesn't matter because it's there. And the other thing is, like, Marvel also has movies coming out this summer on Fridays, mm-hmm. so they're going to want people to go to the movies. And right. if you have Loki premiering on Friday and Black Widow premiering on a Friday, then it's like, well, which do I watch first? It's like, no, go to the movies where we can get your actual money. Hmm. 
Well, <laughs> Disney Plus has done this kind of thing before. Like, they moved an episode of Mandalorian to a different date to accommodate for Rise of Skywalker, I thought. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, like, they're definitely, like, trying well, to do synergy stuff with their, their they, properties. That was the whole force healing thing. Like, they introduced Yeah, force they wanted healing. you to know about force healing before they yeah. introduced this literal world-changing thing in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with, you know, how they handled Loki and everything. And it, yeah. it's just the whole premise of, like, where he was at, what they were doing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I just got done watching the second season of The Umbrella Academy. There's a cartoon series right now that I'm watching that has to do with time travel. And I'm just like, I just, I, I, I can't. Right yeah. now. It's like, the same. I mean, it's kind of the same. Like, we yeah. were watching and I was like, oh, it's like that thing from Umbrella, which like, yeah, it kind of is yeah. like that thing from Umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love the memes though that are coming out about it with all the are different there? time travel characters being thrown into the, in it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I sent you guys some of those. Yeah. Oh, they were great. Definitely appreciated. <laughs> okay. So I think that does it for what we watched. Let's get into another thing that we all watched, and that's today's topic, The Hitman's Bodyguard. This is my pick for this week because the sequel comes out tomorrow. Uh, The sequel sequel to this film comes out June 16th. So just in time, I had the guys watch the original. So The Hitman's Bodyguard is a 2017 film directed by Patrick Hughes and written by Tom O'Connor. And it stars Ryan Reynolds, Samuel Jackson, Gary Oldman, and Selma Hayek. This is a great cast. Uh, yeah. uh, this is a film that I wanted to see back when it came out, but because of work, I couldn't. But I got it on DVD. As, like, I rented it on DVD as soon as I could. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I absolutely loved it and then forgot everything about it immediately thereafter. Uh, but not enough to... I remembered enough to be like, oh, yeah, I need to make the guys watch that for the show. Uh, mm-hmm. And when they announced there was a sequel, I was like, oh, well, that then we'll, that, that'll that just tie in. So here we are now. You're caught up. Um, so the film is about the, the world's top bodyguard gets a new client, a hitman who must testify at the International Criminal Court. They must put their differences aside and work together to make make it to the trial on time. So pretty much Gary Oldman plays a um, a dictator who is who gets his wrist slapped and arrested and put on trial for his crimes. And Samuel Jackson's the only witness who hasn't been killed outside of the courtroom yet who actually has evidence that he can put this guy away. Uh, so Ryan Reynolds is brought in to protect him to get him to the court. Uh, so Ryan Reynolds is the bodyguard. Samuel L. Jackson is the hitman. Uh, what did you guys think of this film? Well, Ryan, I'll let you go first. Well, you can. I mean, it, it, it's they. I like this movie. I was laughing all the way through it. I laughed at the very end. I mean, th- th- this thing's hysterical. It, it just it's Samuel L. Jackson and Ryan Reynolds being themselves, being their stereotypes yeah. for the, for the roles they play in a buddy James Bond comedy type deal. Like I could definitely see this easily being like almost a James Bond storyline, but it's Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. So, you know, it's not. <laughs> yeah. 
I really liked it. I so this I want to talk about some of the, the choices the movie made because I thought some of them were really kind of weird. But overall, I liked the movie. So to to put you guys in like my frame of mind, I got maybe three hours of sleep last night. I was on a boat this morning and then took basically a three hour train slash Uber ride from boat to my flat, unpacked my stuff, sat down and watched this movie. And it was like exactly what I needed after all of that. And it it was like, it was perfect because it was like, it was easy. It was light. It wasn't like, it didn't ask too much of my non-existent emotions today. And it was like, by the way, here are two actors you love, plus a surprise Gary Oldman. And like, if you can give me a surprise Gary Oldman in a movie, give me a surprise Gary Oldman. Always bonus points. Yeah, uh, he's the the most surprising uh, member of the cast for me. Like, I was not expecting him mm-hmm. to be in this. Uh, but I'm absolutely fine with him being the villain. Like, he plays a great right. villain. Um. But yeah, the, Ryan's right. They do, Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson do play the, each other. Like they play they play themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like I I tried to do research on how many times Samuel Samuel L. Jackson says mother, but I couldn't find the actual number. <laughs> but it's a lot to the point where um, one of the reviews for the film from IndieWire says Samuel L. Jackson others mother effer. Like a Pokemon announcing its own name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is I mean, yeah. spot on. And if mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson was a Pokemon, that's what he would say. And, 100%. And I love the fact, and we'll get to this scene later. I just, I, I needed to reference it. I love how they have Ryan Reynolds at one point in the movie at one part in the movie going, he ruined the word. How can you ruin that word? He did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I did... I did. I was doing research before the uh, show trying to find the... Uh, trying to find the exact number. I guess one of these uh-huh. websites that does like... Uh, hey, here's what you need to know if you're going to watch this movie with your kids things. It says they say, uh-huh. we hear the F word about a hundred times, roughly half of those being paired with mother. <laughs> so, and most of them are from Samuel L. Jackson. So. Not surprising. If you're going to have in a movie, that's what you make him do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what did, what did you like about the film? Is there anything, any uh, action scenes that stood out to you? A lot. <laughs> okay. Like I, I, like, I just can't pinpoint one. I, I, I'm going to go to the one that kind of, that was like my funniest, I guess. Like the one I laughed the hardest on. And it was towards the end when Ryan Reynolds is complaining about Samuel L. Jackson. And he's getting like shot at in the background. And he's taking the shots at like the outside bar. And it's just mm-hmm. complete madness going on behind him. And he's yeah. just complaining about the whole time. And all I can think of was like, they're in Amsterdam. Like, yeah, that totally be an American's reaction. Everybody yep. else is running for their hills. And there's the American just sitting there taking shots going, if it hits me, it hits me. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's an outtake of that in the end credits. I don't know if you guys saw. No, I but, didn't see that. Uh, it's Ryan Reynolds standing there with a, like, just for that shot. And they're like, yeah. hold, hold for church bells. And the church bells just keep going. And he keeps holding it. He's like, what is going on? Like, he breaks. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. 
Um, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that, that is a good one. You stole mine. Devin, anything stick out for you? Oh. Yeah, there's two big ones that stick out to me. The first one, and this is super superficial, uh, I love the chase sequence to Ram Jam's Black Betty. Yeah, man. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that song. Just do that more. Yeah. Uh, and the other one I really liked was the chase sequence in Amsterdam because it was just, a, it was me just being stupid. Devin's like, I was there. I was there. I was in that place. I was there too. Oh, I was on the canal. Like the whole time. And then I was like, oh my gosh, you know where they are? Oh, they circled back on themselves. Oh, they just closed off that loop. I, I got it. I know where they're filming. Like <laughs> that whole time. It was it was me being obnoxious and I loved it. Yeah, the, the stunt driving in that Amsterdam chase is insane because you've got really? cars going, you've got the boat going in the canals, then you've got this motorcycle getting like an inch away from the ledge of the water at one point. I'm like, yeah. like it made me nervous just watching it. Uh, for me, my favorite sequence is probably, since you guys stole the two good ones, uh, is in Amsterdam as well, when uh, mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson is going to visit his wife, and Ryan Reynolds is following him and just taking out all the guys who are about to attack him. Yeah. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that a lot. It was almost like he found his step again. It was like he mm-hmm. found himself finally. Like, yeah. you know, And I really like that. Um, to get away from Amsterdam, though... And bring up a different, you know, like a, a different country's, you know, action scene. Uh, when they, when the police show up at the first safe house and he's trying to get Samuel L. Jackson to like follow him and he doesn't. And, uh, and he takes out like six guys on his own and there's that little like spat arguing back and forth between Reynolds and, and him. I really... Mm-hmm. When I, when I saw that, that's when it was like, it was official for me. Oh, it's going to be one of these kind of movies. This is going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have, two, you have two quippy actors. Like, make them be quippy with each other, please. Like, this is exactly. what they do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just have them yell. Just, you know, just have them yell and argue and mm-hmm. comebacks and one-liners at each other the whole movie. It's like, it's great. It's great. Um. Another nice addition to this cast is Selma Hayek. Like they don't give her a lot to do, but when she's on on the phone with Samuel Jackson, you can tell that they have really good chemistry. Um, and I just really like their dynamic as well, which is kind of why I'm excited for the sequel to see if they can maintain that for a full full film. I I'm curious to see if they can maintain it for a full film and not make it be too much, because I feel like she would just be like. I think Samuel L. Jackson is a good kind of like step down from her character and her character is like constantly at 11. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could do constantly at 11. Yeah. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how it's going to work out in the sequel with that. Um, But now that you guys have seen the original, are you interested in the sequel? Yeah. hundred percent. Now, Ryan, now Devin, are movie theaters open over in the UK yet or not? Yes, I think at a re- reduced capacity. I think okay. they're still open. Um, I know they'll be completely open July 19th here. Okay. Yeah. What, what, so, were you, what were you going to say? What is, like, the, what is the concession of the second movie? Like, I don't know what, what's going on. I haven't seen a trailer. I just know it's called The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Is it just like, by the way, she's out of it, which, we, I mean, good on him that she's out of jail. Because I like, I want to talk about character motivation after this. But, like, is it just, yay, she's out of jail, protect her now? Um, I'm not entirely sure. So the, the description is, the bodyguard, Michael Bryce, continues his friendship with assassin, 
friendship with assassin Aww. Darius Kincaid as they try to save Darius's wife, Sonia. So I'm not oh. entirely sure of all the details. I know mm-hmm. that um, she needs a, a body. I watched the one trailer and that's all I'm going to watch for it. Uh-huh. Um, she needed a bodyguard and he tells her to hire one, anyone except for him. And then she hires yeah. him. He's like, no, I said anyone but him <laughs> because comedy. Um, right. That's how you have to do it. The cast is also stacked for this, though, because Romana was like, oh, yeah, this person's like Morgan Freeman's in this one. Yeah. Morgan Freeman, Richard E. Grant, Antonio Banderas. What? Yeah. Please tell me he carries a guitar fit case full of guns. Please tell me they do that he in this. Better. This would be the perfect movie I, I mean, to throw I'm that sure, reference I'm in sure there. I'm sure they would. It's weird. Gary Oldman's listed in the cast again. Flashbacks, maybe? I don't know. Could be flashbacks. I really hope it's uh, Fifth Element Gary Oldman, though. <laughs> and they're flashing back to that. I was hoping for Dracula, Gary Oldman. <laughs> With the bra on his Gary, yeah. I'm going to take a second and just appreciate the shit out of Gary Oldman. He is such a great actor that gets underappreciated, and he does such a good job of blending into whatever role that he's in to the point where he almost never looks like Gary Oldman, except for when he's Gordon for me. He's going to be one of those actors when either when he passes away or when he's like 85, mm-hmm. they're going to do like a five minute tribute video to him at like the Oscars or something mm-hmm. because of because of the amount of work he's done and the quality of it. But yeah. I but like you said, like he's never really been like appreciated for it, like officially. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he's going to be one of those actors. Like he's not going to be appreciated for it now. He it's going to be either after he dies or like just before. Yeah. And that's and it's such a shame because like, man, he's played some big freaking characters that are really good. Yeah. Um. Getting off my soapbox now. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see who Morgan Freeman's playing because in the trailer I saw, they're just like and Morgan Freeman and just like he looks at the camera and like winks or something. Like, okay, like Morgan Freeman's here now. Please tell me he's a narrator. Probably not. Please uh, tell me there's a narration to this. Okay. Um, so, Devin, you want to talk about character motivations? One of the things I thought was most interesting about this movie was how much, like, Samuel L. Jackson's, like, love for his wife was a major motivation in this movie. And I think it's a good subversion of the action movie trope where, like, I can see, like, Ryan Reynolds' love interest character being kind of standard in this movie where it's like, yeah, you got to forgive the girl and go get the girl, man. But like this time, like Samuel L. Jackson was doing almost all of this just to pardon his wife. And like, what a sweet motivation and what like a, a good, like, I don't know, like a good action movie trope to, to like continue. Like, yeah. So well, that's one. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, that's one of the things that I liked about his character was that it wasn't just the love for his wife. It was the fact that like he cared so much about love. And yeah, that he exactly. really saw it as being a really important thing in life. And it's like, and I think Ryan Reynolds says something, and I think it happens in the cow pasture where he makes a comment about like, you kill people. Why do you care about love so much? And mm-hmm. then, you know, Jackson says something back to the point where it's like, well, what's the point of living without it, regardless of what I do or not? And then he also makes another he says something to somebody too about how like when, when they enjoy killing, they shouldn't be doing it. Like he doesn't enjoy it. It's just a job to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
like that whole thing. Like I really liked that aspect of it. Like it just wasn't the fact that he loved his wife so much he was doing this. It's the fact that he's this world class assassin and he cares about the the emotion of love so much. Yeah. And, it's that like extra layer that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I almost like his character more than Ryan Reynolds' character because okay. uh Reynolds' character is just like Oh, th- I lost my career because of something my ex did, and she is responsible. And that's all he can see, and he's like, I forgive you, even though she's like, I didn't do anything. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't believe her at all when she says, I'm not responsible for this. This wasn't my fault. You can go to hell. Like, and it takes, like, Samuel Jackson confessing to being the one responsible for him to to realize the error of his ways but the whole time he's just like no like this is your fault i'm gonna be i'm gonna be bitter and sassy about it because i'm ryan reynolds well i i think that's the part the only part of this movie i think that fell flattest for me is like i never believed ryan reynolds even when he said it like i was like no clearly she didn't do this why do you believe this when i don't even believe this yeah well part of when I was viewing it, I actually so I I don't know. I like their characters about the same. Um, mm-hmm. And when it came to Ryan Reynolds and his motivation for you know believing that his ex basically outed who he was trying to protect, he at the very start of the movie they show that he's always right. Mm-hmm. He has a handle on everything. He knows exactly what's going to happen because he plans everything out. He's he's never wrong, and he got trapped in his own mind to where when he started to believe something that wasn't right, regardless if the person he loved the most was telling him, no, you're wrong. You need to rethink this. He was so used to being right on everything that he couldn't see past that. And that's why it took Samuel Jackson to like, tell him, be like, look, I'm the one that shot him. And it just happened randomly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you know, uh, like that whole thing. That's where I actually kind of liked his motivation as a character because, sure. I mean, it's true. Like that first mission he did where he failed, mm-hmm. he was right about everything up until the guy gets shot in the head. And then when they show him to pick up that like coked out lawyer mm-hmm. again, he's right about everything. And so yeah. he just couldn't see past his own mind. Yeah, no, I like I like him as a character. Like he he's good yeah. at his job. I just didn't like the dy- I'm a, I I'm a bigger fan of the dynamic between uh, Samuel Jackson and his wife, and mm-hmm. then Ryan and Reynolds and his girlfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so that's where that so that's where that was coming from. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. D- d- I. I it didn't bother me that much. Okay. I didn't I didn't have any problems with it. What I will say, though, is I absolutely loved every character's, like, how I met her, like, yeah. sequence. <laughs> Phenomenal. Every single one of them. Well, there was two. I, they were both great. Okay. <laughs> all, all both of them were great. <laughs> I could watch a whole... I could watch a whole movie of just uh, Samuel Jackson and Selma Hayek in Mexico. That Col- might be what Col- we Col- get. Yeah. Um... But I've got I've got a pop quiz for you guys. Good. So Samuel Jackson has done several uh, team up movies like this, like buddy cop films and uh, team up with other actors. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm going to I'm going to give you a list of actors that he's worked with. I'm going to give you a list of actors and you have to tell me which mm-hmm. one he has not done a film like this with. Okay? Okay. Okay. All right, so here's your list. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Bernie Mac, John Travolta, and Eugene Levy. Is it Eugene Levy? Ryan, do you have a guess? The Rock. He's actually done films with all four of those. It was a it was a trick question. <laughs> Wait a minute! What Eugene Levy film did he do? He did a film. It's Eugene Levy and Samuel L. Jackson are the two leads. It's called The Man. Uh, Eugene Levy uh, comes into like New York City as a tourist and then gets caught up in like uh, Samuel L. Jackson's investigation. Okay. It's a fun film from like the early 2000s. Travolta is Pulp Fiction. I threw that one in there to. I caught that one. Who's The Rock? The Rock is the other guys. They play the 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 badass cop duo. um, Right. That jump off the building and die. (laughs) I like that though. I thought that was a fun thing. And then Bernie Mac, they he was in Soul Man together. They played like two soul singers. Got it. But was it a cop movie? Were they like soul no, cops? No, no, it was just like they, a buddy road trip movie type thing. Like well, how this it? movie was. It's just, it's just they it, it, yeah. it had guns. So is anyone else surprised he can sing? By the way, no, no, I've heard him sing before. Oh, this I think is the first time I've recognized him sing, and I was like, oh, he's good. Oh no, he can sing. He's too talented. He's particularly good at like blues and jazz. Yeah. Um, so if you could team Samuel L. Jackson up with any other actor to do another road trip, buddy cop type movie, who would you pair him up with? Alive or dead? Oh, alive or dead. Yeah. Oh man. That's a whole new can of worms. Gene Wilder. Okay. Interesting. That is interesting. Gene Wilder plays Willy Wonka. Samuel L. Jackson plays the owner of a competitor candy company, and Slugworth. they have to. He's just Slugworth. Okay, there we go. <laughs> they have to go somewhere for like a convention or a meeting or like a legal hearing, something. And they end up getting booked on the same plane in first class and have to sit next to each other. Mm-hmm. And the plane doesn't take off, and they decide to buddy up on like a rental car or something. You. You actually gave me my favorite new Wonka prequel. Not like Willy Wonka goes to the moon. Just Willy Wonka is a human like you and me. I want to feel Willy Wonka energy just purchasing a rental car. And I want Gene Wilder to drop as many F-bombs as Samuel L. Jackson. Because I just think it'd be funny (laughs) to hear him curse that much. Does that fit the Wonka character at all? No, but I don't care. I'll do it anyway. (laughs) i'm making this movie for me none of you all right all right Devin, how about you gosh i like i like chat's idea a lot of sean connery i think that's brilliant uh i would almost and i hate there's almost a cop out but like i kind of want chris farley like i kind of want like uh i want no no did i steal yours yeah you did (laughs) i want uh, uh what's it called I want Tommy Boy, but with Samuel L. Jackson. Give me that. 
Yeah, I want that too. That, that, I that was going to be, be my answer. I'm not, I'm not coming up with another one because that was going to be mine. Don't. Um, no, that, that's what I want to see too. Uh, why is Dead Poets Society up? That's not right. Um, what if uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, that might be good. Yeah. Kindergarten Cop Williams. 3. Kindergarten Cop 3. Who, who would you want to see teamed up with Ryan Reynolds? Like switching it up a little bit. Who do you want to see him work with? As a different dynamic. I have a weird answer to this. I don't know if I have a person yet. And give me a second. I'll come up with them. I want to see Ryan Reynolds as written by uh, Andrew Sorkin. Or by Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin? Movies? Aaron okay. Sorkin. I need, I, I need I references like Sor- here. The West Wing. Um... Uh, social media. Yeah. Or the social network. I mean. Oh, he's okay. he's good at really quippy, good dialogue, and, okay. and I I want Reynolds delivering that. I think, but let me let me come up with a real answer for you. With Ryan Reynolds, do you have one? I'm trying to think. No, I didn't prepare these questions beforehand. I just thought of them in the in the spur of things. I want Ryan Reynolds with a Home Alone era Macaulay Culkin. I think that would be fun. I like Home Alone, but like Ryan Reynolds is involved somehow. I want Ryan... He's the villain. Yeah. I want Ryan Reynolds and a 1994 Jim Carrey. <laughs> it's just pure chaos. No, I'm on board. It's not even a movie. It's just sound and fury. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think completely different. Like I want something like uh like a complete a complete one eighty from Ryan Reynolds. I just realized, Devin, your lower third has said Josh this whole time. That's okay, I'll be Josh this time. Just for you guys. Oh Oh crap, I can't remember his name. Hannibal. Anthony, Anthony Hopkins? Hopkins? Him and Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I and can do see a, that. And they do a period piece. Okay, which period, though? They remake Shakespeare in Love. What? They're not the love interest to each other. They're not the love interest to each other. Okay. But they're like, Shakespeare would be Ryan Reynolds, and Anthony Hopkins would be like his like uh, like mentor. And then fun, you have like Ryan Reynolds do the whole like, you know, like romance thing or not. But you need to put, you know, the drama needs to come from somewhere. And I just want to see Ryan Reynolds and and um, Anthony Hopkins like bounce off each other. And having a mentor student relationship would be good for that. Here, here's what I want to see going the different direction. I want to see Ryan Reynolds in the future on a space road trip with Mr. Spock. <laughs> <laughs> Which actor? Re- okay. Yeah. Okay. Me more. So no, Ryan Reynolds basically quipping to a wall. <laughs> Is- There's three different Spocks, okay? So I'm yeah, just no. saying. Like, no. I just want to make discovery sure. Discovery Spock? Which- yeah. Yeah, there's a Discovery Spock. Is he good? He's not bad. Okay. I mean, he narrates half the channels as dom- documentaries at that point in the show. So, I mean, why not? <laughs> good. All right. Any other final thoughts on Hitman's Bodyguard before we wrap this up? Oh, we're almost done already? Yeah. 
I okay, have, so okay. I wanted Go to. Ahead. I wanted to get to this yeah. music. Yes. I love the music in this, mm-hmm. but there's something I noticed, and it made me even like, and and it, it made me like this movie even more. You know the Godzilla movies, the new ones. You've had that like chanting, like the human chant voice was like mm-hmm. mixed into the music itself. They did that with Samuel L. Jackson's theme whenever he'd start to like really kick ass, and you had that chant, ha ha ha, chant inside his music and i caught that and i'm like oh godzilla this is perfect he is godzilla and so it was uh and it happened twice at the beginning and towards the end and i just thought that was a really cool like i don't know if they did that purposely but i caught it and i i linked the two so i thought that was cool okay i didn't catch that that's really cool Devin, final thoughts i had one thing did you guys so there was one thing the movie did that I thought was a little bit weird, and that was like almost oversaturate itself at some points. A good example is when Samuel L. Jackson is walking to the Rijksmuseum to put the flowers up for his wife, and uh, and Ryan Reynolds is behind him, like killing everyone. Like the greens are very green, the blues are very blue, the like sky is very bright, and I almost expected like after they cut that scene, like I expected like a shot of like Ryan Reynolds like like waking up and like knocking his headphones off, but like just going like, and like waking up quick and like it being a dream. Cause like some of them, like for some reason, the saturation, the colors they used in it made it feel dreamy to me in some parts. I feel like that sequence, the one you're talking about Mm -hmm. uh, is because it's so chaotic with him behind him. I think it, if you look closely, I don't think it's as saturated when you just see Samuel L. Jackson walking, but when you see yeah. him taking out the guys, I think that's where it's oversaturated. Just to show the the chaos of what, like comparing the two. Mm-hmm. I also think um, uh, I also think you do a different colors. They do a lot of different color schemes for different places, so I think mm-hmm. they did boost the saturation a little bit for Amsterdam. Sure. Oh, you always it, do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no. Then I think call. that was it. I think that was my big. That was the thing that like I, I thought was weird. So um, I also, another random thing, I also mm-hmm. appreciated the car chases in this. Yeah. Like, I would put this in the same, cat- like, it's not in the same category as, like, Blues Brothers ridiculousness, but it's almost there. Um, but I do not think, I don't think a Ford Max could survive that much damage. <laughs> Just putting that out there. So, uh, I can't really compare it to the Blues Brothers car chases because I haven't seen Blues Brothers. Yeah, which, yeah, we know. Uh, which uh, brings me to, uh, Devin, it's your pick next week. What are you going to have me watch? Guess what, guys? It's the Blues Brothers. <laughs> yes, yes, I cannot I, I cannot wait to watch this movie five times this week. This you is going to be amazing. You two, you two have been on me for the last week about this. If you mm-hmm. both aren't wearing a jacket, a white shirt, and a tie. And sunglasses. Me. And sunglasses. You, 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 you've got to understand this with me by now. I don't really. No, sorry, that's not going to happen for me. No. <laughs> Ryan, I'll do it. For, I'll do it for both of us. It's okay. Gonna, no, I'll do it for to. the both of us. Do you have the hat? Do you have the exact hat? I don't have the exact hat. No. Then I, don't do hat. it. No, I'll, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to have. I'm sorry, I'm gonna, but no. It's going to be me and my cat if you don't do it. If you don't have the hat, there's no point in doing it. Still doing it. Doesn't matter. 
look, I'm going Blues Brothers 2000 where everyone's a Blues Brother now. This is like <laughs> this is like dressing up like Beavis and Butthead yeah. and getting the shirt colors right, but mm-hmm. not having it be an ACDC and Metallica shirt. <laughs> so it's like close and you can appreciate that they're trying, I think is what you're what you're driving at. Yeah, like you can appreciate what they're trying to do, but at the same time, it's like, mm... I'm gonna find the hat. If that's the big deal, I'm gonna find the hat this week. That's my mission. Find the hat. You find, find the, the hat, hat. I'm gonna find the hat. Go ahead you, and you, do it. I don't own the hat, so I'm not doing Devin. it. Ooh, no, that's that's walking a bit. Is it really a fedora? Pretty it's sure? a fedora. Yeah. Fuck. No, maybe not. <laughs> maybe uh, I'll like actually, animate here, a fedora. Here. Well, we're going to answer this right now. But while Ryan's looking that up, don't forget that this Sunday, right here on Twitch and Facebook, you'll be able to catch our panel of that's part of the virtual Comic-Con. We'll be revisiting Tim Burton's Gotham and talking about Tim, talking about Batman 1989 starring Michael Keaton, a film that Devin has not seen since he was five. Devin, how old are you now? No, it's 31. I'm not doing that math, but figure it out. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a couple years. It's, it's a couple years. Wild. It's been yeah. a couple, a couple of decades. Um, they are fedoras. Oh, I thought you were Dang looking it. up like the brand. I, I thought we established <laughs> it was a fedora. Okay. Yeah. This puts fedoras. me in an awkward position. Just burn it after we're done. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Because uh, Devin was called out for having fedora energy last week. Don't don't want any more of that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Devin. I mean, the, the they're they're not wrong. You do have that occasionally. See, you I do. don't ever want to get to the point where I just like I, I call you like or I call anyone like milady and like tip the fedora or like yeah. See, the thing is, you you're you, see that's where that's the difference between somebody showing signs of it and actually having it. You show signs. Of it. <laughs> I'm like a thunderstorm watch, not a warning. Exactly. Good. All right. Well, on that note, (laughs) (laughs) um, thank you for watching. Uh, If you're watching us on Twitch, make sure to hit that follow button. Uh, If you're watching on Facebook, make sure to hit that like button. Make sure to like our page. You can also follow us on our Instagram where we're posting a lot of fun uh, reels and posts. I've got a fun one lined up for this for this movie that I'm going to be posting here tomorrow um, that involves Samuel L. Jackson. So be sure to check that out. You can listen to our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, You can also subscribe to us on YouTube and catch up on all of our older episodes. So until uh, make sure to tune in next week for blues brothers and this Sunday for our Batman stream as part of the virtual comic-con. Um, until until Sunday, for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan, and I'm Devin. And I want to say the thing that Samuel Jackson says over a hundred times, but I don't want to get censored by Twitch. So, see you later, mother. <laughs>